Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and what a hell of a win the Dallas Cowboys are coming off of. But before I get into that, I do have a little bit of an announcement to make. Um, I know that a lot of you are already aware that I do have a part-time job now. Uh, for the first time in three years, I actually went out and got a job. And I think a lot of you deserve to know the truth. That if many of you know, while I've been doing all these shows for so long, hoping to generate a good amount of revenue and to keep that going, that quite frankly has not been going well at all. You know... I was an Uber driver during that time trying to make some extra cash thinking that all of a sudden, you know, the generating revenue would happen and happen and happen and it's still not happening. And honestly, look, I, I'm at a point in my life where I have no choice. I'm 29 years old. I turn 30 next month. You know, these financial difficulties really right now have, are just at a point where, you know, I it, it's killing me. It, it's killing me mentally, spiritually, physically. It's very, very frustrating because all the hard work I've been doing with my shows and the, the revenue is just not getting there. You know, I had to go out there and, and get a part-time job and hopefully things can go out better in the future. I'm not blaming anybody for this. It's just sometimes in life, the frustrations that happen, you know, sometimes you just got to do something about it. And I got to be honest with you, I'm sick of being an Uber driver. I hate it. The fact that I got a car about two years ago and I've already shortened its life so much by doing all these things with Uber... Uber is not fun. It's a job that really hurts, and I did it for so long because I was too stubborn to go out. Because I was too stubborn to understand, you know, to understand it. But I finally did, and I finally got a job, and so far I'm liking it. And for everybody that expressed their love and support, you know, through this show, through through everything, from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank y'all very much. And I promise you, I will never, ever ever quit Cowboys Talk. I will not quit Internet FC. I will not quit the Bear of Texas podcast. The Bear of Texas podcast will continue to go as long as I live, no matter what. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, I will never give up on my dream. I will never give up podcasting. I will never, ever give up no matter what. And I thank everybody that finally helped me to have the courage to go out there and start working for real part-time just for some financial security thank y'all very very much and please 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 subscribe to this show tell your friends tell your family tell everybody if they love the dallas cowboys if they really want a true dallas cowboys show cowboys talk this show is the show for them if they love professional wrestling my wrestling show ringside chaos is the show for them if you love soccer anybody else you know loves soccer internet fc is the show for them i promise you that again Thank you all very much for all the loyal people out there and all my friends. I love you all. Well, now that that's out of the way, here we go. Time to talk some Dallas Cowboys. Well, I should probably explain to everybody I did I did not recap recap the game immediately after it. The truth is the game ended late and I had to be at work at 6 a.m. the next day, which meant I had to get up at 5 a.m., which is something that I'm not a fan of. And something that I have not done in an extremely long time, considering that I was working, you know, doing Uber, doing all this, you know, I, I was at a point where I could wake up anytime I wanted. I forgot how much, how hard it is to having to wake up at five in the morning to go, go to work. But you know what? I think it's a lesson that I have to go through. And I'll be honest with you, waking up and going to work at 6 a.m., 
So far, it has not it has not been so bad because the last three days, I have worked shifts, you know, going from 5.30, 6.30 in the morning to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'll keep everybody posted on how that goes, but... So I couldn't recap it, and I think I'm going to do things a little bit differently, maybe for the rest of the season, as long as I'm working part-time, but... I'm sure that as far as changes go, uh, everybody's noticed I've not done previews. I, I think I'm kind of done with the previews, but I'll kind of do a, a little bit of a preview for this Sunday's game, but... Anyway, I'm kind of going off topic, kind of t discussing a little bit of my personal life, you know, some issues, but uh, I, I got to be honest, this game against the Colts started out the way I didn't expect it to be, but then, you know, the ending, I think, was the most unexpected thing out of the whole situation. I mean, 33 points in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. 33 points in the fourth quarter. And that's off of four turnovers committed by the Colts. See, at one point, and the fact that at the end of the third quarter, it was 21-19, to and the final score was 54-19? to Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is completely unexpected. If I were to sit here right now and tell you right now, live, that I knew this was going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, I would definitely be the most pathetic, pathological liar in the history of mankind. It would be such a stupid lie that I'm just publicly humiliating myself and I'm allowing it to happen. That being said, I did not expect that to happen because I figured that at the th end of the third quarter, that it was 21-19, I thought the Colts were going to fight, fight, fight until the final second of the game. And that did not happen. I knew the Cowboys would still win, believe it or not, despite of how critical I am, despite all the crap that I give them, including Dak Prescott, including Kellen Moore, blah, blah, blah. I still knew the Dallas Cowboys would win, but I just did not think the Cowboys would just take the ball and run away with it and get away. That's exactly what happened. I did not see it coming. I repeat, I did not see it coming, but it happened. Now, speaking of being honest, I could have gone on Twitter and say, why the hell did we not see this in the first half? Because at the end of the day, it happened in the fourth quarter. It happened at the most crucial time. The, the most important thing is, it happened. The Cowboys did dominate. They did it at the best time, quite frankly. Now, would it have been better if they had dominated from start to finish? Yes, but you know what? They dominated at the most crucial time. They got the job done big time. 54 to 19, the final score. I mean, that says it all right there. I mean, what more would we want, right? I mean, Dak Prescott throws for less than 200 yards and he has a hat trick of touchdown passes. Two to Michael Gallup and one to CeeDee Lamb. And that CeeDee Lamb touchdown, you got to admit, when they showed the replay, you I'll admit it, I kept my eyes closed to make sure that he was not down. He was not down. I'll admit, yeah, I made sure, okay, ankle still up, knee still up, whatever, yep. He was not down by contact. Because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. There's a 50-50 chance right there. The referees are probably just going to reverse it, reverse the touchdown. But after I saw it, I said to myself, well, he's clearly not down by contact. There's no reason for the referees to take away the touchdown away. For the reason to, for the referees to take away the touchdown. But let's be honest. Sometimes we've seen something blatantly clear. But the, the referees decide to reverse it just because, well, even the referees hate the Dallas Cowboys. Right? Uh, but so it's seven to three at that point. But you know, honestly, I have to give the Colts credit. They immediately responded, and, the, and, and like I said, the Colts were fighting, especially around the end of the second half. You know, when Dak Prescott threw that pick, although the Colts, you know, could do very little, very little for it. You know, settle for a field goal, and 
you know, that one point, you know, after the Col- after the Cowboys, you know, screw up on, on an offensive drive, they punt the ball away, and then Matt, then Matt Ryan throws a pick, and then the and then you know Malik Hooker, the former uh, the former Cowboy, excuse me, the former Colt, you know, intercepts a pass and you know and, and returns it deep, you know, for the Cowboys have a tremendous you know field position with about with I think it was between fifty five and uh, sixty five seconds to go. It was definitely between fifty five seconds and a minute and five seconds, but the Cowboys did something about it. And it was 21-13, you know, at halftime. And then, you know, the Cowboys get, you know, get nowhere in the third quarter. And then the Colts, you know, score, and, you know, but fail to tie the game off of that two-point conversion. And that's what I was really thinking. Yeah, we're, we definitely have a game. The Colts are not going to go away. The Cowboys are not going to be able to run away from this. At least it's not going to be easy. But then the fourth quarter happened, and that's what told the story. I mean, the running game, you know, Tony Pollard, brilliant. Zeke Elliott even had a brilliant game. You know, Honestly, one thing I thought was going to happen that didn't happen is I was, I was, you know, I felt sure that Jonathan Taylor was going to be the guy to wreak damage for the Colts on offense, but Jonathan Taylor did have 82 yards, I believe, rushing. I think it was on 21 carries. Now, still, it's 82 yards, but on 21 carries, I mean, that's very little to no damage. He did have a couple of runs where he kind of broke free a little bit, but overall, Jonathan Taylor, you know, could not make much of an impact, but, you know... This is this is two straight games where I get it, what I got it wrong. I mean, I thought Saquon Barkley on Thanksgiving was going to do damage for the Giants on offense, and I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to do damage for the Colts on offense, but that didn't happen. And going to this game against Houston because Houston's running game is still significantly re- respectable, and while the Cowboys' rushing defense you know still struggles, even though they they managed to contain Saquon Barkley and, and Jonathan Taylor, of course there's no reason for that. You know, if they were able to do that with, against the Giants and the Colts, and the Cowboys should be able to do that against Houston, but then you never know. I mean, this is the battle for the I believe they call it the Governor's Cup. I mean, I mean, I, I like to call it the battle, the Battle of Texas. You know, if, it, if it's the I five, you know, the, the, forget the highway that goes down. I mean, there's, two, there's you know several ways to get to Houston from the DFW area, but I think it's the Interstate five, the Battle of the I five. But I, I like to call it the the Lone Star, the Lone Star fight. But I mean, this is Dallas versus Houston. I mean, I mean, you're looking at two teams. One team is nine and three. Okay. The other team only has one win and has not even been close to getting a second win, quite frankly. Now, the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain, who's a supporter of the Houston Texans. Uh, now, if he were here right now, honestly, he would basically say, uh, you know, in a fiercely opinionated tone, that there's absolutely no single solitary reason why the Dallas Cowboys should not win this game. And that's absolutely correct. But let's be honest, again, the Texans are 1-10-1. and and the Cowboys are nine and three. Again, this is the this is the Lone Star fight, the Battle of the Governors Cup, which I think it is. If I'm if I'm incorrect, I mean that's just embarrassing enough right there. But yeah, on paper the Cowboys should have absolutely no problem. But I, I refuse to think that the Cowboys are just going to take the ball and run away again, especially how they did in the fourth quarter against the Colts. Now the the Texans the, the Texans rushing defense is thirty first in the league. So that being said. I expect Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott to have to, to get a to get a significant a significant amount of carries. Although I'm kind of asking myself, is Zeke going to start this game this time, or is Zeke going to be on the on the backup role? Because one of the most surprising things that we saw against the Colts was that Tony Pollard started the game, not Ezekiel Elliott. And I saw somewhere that it was for a quote disciplinary reason. So I'm like, well, what the hell did Ezekiel Elliott do now? Because I didn't see anything, so I really I really don't think that Ezekiel Elliott was was punished. I mean, I don't I don't know what the hell happened, but there was no problem. Zeke Elliott did well, Tony Pollard did well. We will just leave it at that. Cuz both running backs did well. 
And, you know, as the playmaker, Darnell, the playmaker said, I finally got what I wanted from the Dallas Cowboys. I got a well-balanced offense, and that is absolutely correct. <sighs> and I'm expecting that to happen against the Houston Texans. Now, five turnovers the, the Cowboys defense forced against the Colts. Five turnovers. Four of them were in the fourth quarter, and one of them was a fumble return to the house. Deron Bland had two interceptions in that game, and Malik Hooker also had another one. You know, for Malik Hooker to have an interception, okay, in a fumble recovery one game in the same game, and then one return one of them to the house, that is spe that's special right there. So I'm expecting the Cowboys to actually do the same to do something some similarities against the Texans. Now, as far as the Texans go, I just got word that Brandon Cooks is out of the game. Now Dalton Mills is definitely going to start for the Te Houston Texans. Now, again, the Texans can still do some damage on offense. I mean, again, this is the Battle of Texas. So, again, yeah, I mean, the, the Texans could be winless right now, but I still wouldn't underestimate them. I mean, for, for one thing, I mean, the, the last, you know, few times where the Cowboys and Texans have played, you know, four years ago when the Texans were still relatively good to Sean Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that was a problem for the Cowboys. And four years prior, you know, in Arlington, Texas, you know, that 20-17 to 17 overtime win, when the Cowboys had a 17-7 lead that was blown, and then the game went into overtime, you know, and when Des Bryant had that huge catch, you know, of course, you know, right before uh, the end of regulation, Dan Bailey missed a potential game-winning field goal. So, the bottom line is, in the last two meetings, the Cowboys went through hell. Let me say that again. In the last two meetings, one that was four years ago, the other one was eight years ago, the Cowboys went through hell. Now, are the Cowboys and Texans the same team they were four and eight years ago? No, absolutely not. I mean, back in 2014, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick that was actually starting for the quarterback for the Texans. But, you know, still, Aaron Foster was there, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, just name a few, a lot, a lot of great names on, on the Houston uh, team. Four years ago, you know, Deshaun Watson was the quarterback. There was DeAndre Hopkins as well. But still, you know... Like I said, the Cowboys and Texans are not the teams that they were four and eight years ago, respectively. Okay? But still, the bottom line is, is that this is a game where anything could happen. Anything could happen in this particular game in these in-state cross you know, in these in-state rival games. Okay. I mean, in, for the Cowboys case, in an NFC East game, anything could happen. I mean, how many times have we seen a high-powered, hot Cowboys team? literally almost choked the game away against a very terrible Washington Commanders team. We saw that last season. I mean, I'm, and I'm not talking about the 56-14 to 14 win at home. I'm talking about the first meeting on the road where Dak Prescott, you know, threw that pick six and then Washington was right back into it and the Cowboys got lucky to run away with it. And that's exactly what I told Mr. Josh Kirby of the Kirby on Sports podcast. And if you love my, sh if you love the Bear of Texas podcast, I strongly, strongly suggest you check out the Kirby on Sports podcast as well. And I strongly suggest that you check out my friend Josh's show as well. Definitely right there. Anyway, so my thoughts really, you know, uh, you know, and I, I'm not sure how Josh would feel like about this game. How anything can happen? I'm sure he would feel the exact same way. I'm sure he's gonna leave. Uh, he's gonna give his thoughts on, on the comments on YouTube. So I strongly suggest that everybody read the comments because there's a reason why he's the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain. The dude knows what he's saying, y'all, and he says it with such deep conviction, much like me. That's why Josh and I uh, gravitate well towards each other. That's that's why we make a great team when we do shows together. Anyway. So I'm really honestly expecting the, the, that Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, the running game, should be the difference maker for the Cowboys. I do expect Dak Prescott to throw 
obviously he's going to have to. I mean, he can't run the ball, you know, every single play. But, you know, then again, if, if the unless, of course, they're averaging like almost 10 yards a run, then, hey, why not? But I kind of feel like Dak Prescott's not really going to have too many yards, you know, through the air. I would say probably somewhere between 200 to 250, maybe one, maybe a, a touchdown or two. But I'm just expecting the Cowboys, you know, to really heavily rely on the running game for the most part. Also, I'm kind of expecting them to basically, you know, play defense. You know, I'm expecting, you know, Micah Parsons, you know, to really have, to have a good game. You know, I'd imagine still, you know, the Houston Texans offense, you know, the, their running game could still do some significant damage. But I'm really expecting the Cowboys defense to actually play defense, you know, respectively well. I'm talking about sacking the quarterback, forcing turnovers, forcing some stops, avoiding the penalties. And speaking of the penalties, I mean, the Cowboys were so disciplined against Indianapolis. Maybe that's one reason why they were able to win so well. So... So to avoid the penalties, and then the offense is gonna have to keep, the offense is gonna have to be well balanced and in good rhythm. So the running game is gonna have to be effective. The passing game is gonna be have to be effective. But in order for the offense to have a significant amount of rhythm, is the offense is gonna have to drive down the field and actually have to find the end zone. Okay, I mean if you settle for field goals at that some points, but then you know again you want to stay ahead of several, you know at least two steps ahead of the Houston Texans. Okay. Be, being a minimum of two steps ahead of the Houston Texans is key, but if you can be more than two steps ahead, then you go for it. It's about basically keeping the game in your favor and not affording, and I repeat, not affording any chances to the Houston Texans at all costs. The Cowboys need to keep everything under their control. They need to control the game from start to finish. Run the ball. Keep the offense in rhythm. Score some touchdowns. Play defense, get to the quarterback, force turnovers, force punts, and for God's sake, stay and maintain discipline. In other words, overall, play some very solid and unique football. You do all that, you can win. You can reclaim the bragging rights in the Lone Star fight. Because four years ago, the Texans won it in overtime, okay? Now that's 2022, the Cowboys can rightfully take back the throne. They can bring the cup home where it belongs, and that would be in Frisco. Once again, Cowboys 9-3, Houston Texans 1-10-1. and So there is indeed no single solitary reason for the Dallas Cowboys to come up short. There's no reason for them to not be able to get the job done. Sloppy play will certainly be ta- be well documented. And if they, the Cowboys do a lot of mistakes, I will be on the show to talk about it. But I'm expecting the Cowboys to get the job done. I am expecting to see a challenge from the Houston Texans. But again, there's no reason for the Dallas Cowboys to come up short. And that is all I have to say, ladies and gentlemen. Cowboys Talk is also available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today. And again, thank you all very much for the love and support. And remember, please, please, please subscribe to my shows on all the streaming platforms and on YouTube. Thank you all very much. God bless you all.